When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're too loose at home. Uh, we don't check. And uh, tonight we checked. There was a number of times where, uh, uh, you know, some of our key, key players stopped in the slot and broke plays up. And then uh, it led to offense the other way. And um, penalty kill was much better. Goaltending was better. So... Um, it was a good night for us on the road. That's coach Todd McClellan talking about his team's 2-1 overtime victory two days ago over the host New York Islanders. The Edmonton Oilers are searching for their first string of consecutive wins on the road in the National Hockey League's 2017-18 season, with almost 20% of their games already played. The team sits near the bottom of the NHL standings with a record below 500. Why the slow start for a team many thought would be Stanley Cup contenders before the puck drop for the season? I'm Craig Ellingson, and this is our Oil Spills podcast for Thursday, November 9th, 2017. I talked to Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun hockey writer Jim Matheson, who is in New York with the team, about why the Oilers have struggled to start the year. They're coming off a 2-1 overtime win on Tuesday over the Islanders in Brooklyn. So next up for the Oilers is tonight's against the New Jersey Devils, who they just played this past Friday here at Rogers Place. Uh, also on the, tr- on the trip on the weekend, they have the New York Rangers, the surging New York Rangers after a flat start for them, and, of course, the powerhouse Washington Capitals. Maddie, the Oilers are looking to string together two wins in a row for the first time this season. It's pretty imperative that they do that. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't be three games over under 500 and, and make the playoffs and the owners have to start winning, you know, start, we'll start with two in a row and hopefully get to three in a row and four in a row before the young know, which would get them back, you know, over 500. And if you can't get over 500, then making the playoffs is not a good idea. So I don't, the owners have had, you know, Four tries to uh, to win the next game after winning a game, uh, apart from, you know, and haven't been able to do it. So uh, they've talked a good game and haven't been able to replicate the game they won uh, to make it two in a row. So we'll see. 
the games on the road we have played this year, the last four have all been 2-1. Uh, and I don't know if tonight's game will be 2-1 because New Jersey's got to score some goals and if the owners get lulled into an offensive type game, then it won't be 2-1. So it was 6-3 in Edmonton when the owners beat New Jersey last time. But they certainly need to win this game because the Rangers have won five in a row and they play them on uh, Saturday afternoon. And uh, Washington beats the owners for fun in Washington. So um, we'll see. Now, the Oilers aren't the only team in the NHL that came into the season, you know, projected to be one of the contenders, if not one of the top teams in the NHL, to fall flat. You were telling me teams like Minnesota have had, uh, you know, a poor start to the season as well. Yeah, I would say Minnesota and Anaheim, uh, along with the Oilers, and, you know, a little bit like, say, Montreal, but Montreal is. You know, I don't think it's a Stanley Cup contender. He's got a great goalie in that game, Carey Price. So, but yeah, um, most three teams have struggled. Anaheim probably because they've had so many injuries. Minnesota because they can't score enough and given up too much. And the others because they can't score. And, and uh, so it behooves the owners, I think, at some point to find a way to play the same game home and away that they tend to play on the road where the games are much more competitive. Uh, last four games, as I said, 2-1, they won two and they lost two, but they're in the game as opposed to at home where they, they've suffered some pretty bad beatings and haven't played well at all. Um, they seem to be able to play a, quote, simpler game on the road, which is such a cliche. The players use it all the time, and, you know, playing simple as opposed to at home where, you know, it's more wide open, but they seem to play more as a team on the road and uh, are staying in the games longer uh, than we have at home. So, like I said, it behooves the owners to actually try to slow down their jersey. And I thought actually last game, the 1-6-3, I think they, they imposed their will and their size. They had more size in jersey last game, and they pulled away in 1-6-3 plus. They got goals from all the people that we had criticized the owners for leading up to the game, the support players scoring, you know, weren't scoring. And last you know, time they played New Jersey, Pajula scored a goal. Um, and, you know, you know, they got a goal from Adam Larson on defense. And, and they were getting goals from people that other than, than McDavid and Maroon and, and Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl. So, uh, it behooves the owners to, to try to do that again against New Jersey and the rest of the road trip get some goals from some other people. Now, as we tend to do in Edmonton, of course, you know, we people watch this team game by game, watching it, and, well, the season goes by, obviously, a day at a time. But is there, you know, explaining this this flat start by the Oilers, I mean, not teams don't go 82-0 and 0 ever, of course. Teams go through highs and lows. Um, what can we point our fingers at anything to this flat start by the Oilers to the season? Well, I think they they lost their way and forgot how difficult it was last year to, to get 103 points and then to play so well in the playoffs against San Jose and Anaheim. They came into this season thinking they had the remedy, but weren't able to replicate effort uh, that it took last year when after 10 years of not making the playoffs, you get 103 points and play so well in the playoffs uh, into this season. 
Two of the players you mentioned just recently are both on the right wing, uh, Slepeshev and Kajula. Um, now, that's obviously been a problem area for the Oilers early this season, trying to find someone to play on that second line all through all that way down the lineup. Obviously, Leon Dreisaitl occupies the first line right wing position, even though obviously before the season began, the hopes was that he would center a sec- the second line. Um, now, with Slepeshev and Kajula both ailing, and we're not really 100% certain what their stat- status is going to be, th- particularly for tonight or even through this road trip, what are the Oilers doing on their right-hand side on, on forward? Uh, he played dry settle 40 minutes. I don't know what to do. Kind of, I don't know. It was interesting. Last game, Slepeshev was supposed to play right wing on the second line with Nugent Hopkins and Lucic. And then between the morning skate and the game, you know, something went awry and he 
didn't dress. Uh, his lower body injury didn't heal, and he, and then Kajula took his spot, and then Kajula got hurt in the game, hurt his right foot in the game, blocking the shot. So by the end of the game, Cassian was playing right wing, the fourth line right wing was playing second line right wing. So um, it has been a deep, deep hole for the Oilers this year trying to find some scoring on the right side. Uh, and I don't think it's going to, unless Peter Shirelli makes a trade, uh, now or, or down the road for a more veteran right winger, it's going to be a problem all season because they consider Ryan Strom a better center than a right winger. So he's going to be the third line center. He takes one right winger out of the equation and it's leaves dry side only on a whole bunch of, of possibles. But none of those possibles, whether you're Kajula, Slepyshev, Cassian, or whomever, is a goal scorer. So getting goals to the right side is going to be trouble. Kajula uh, was hobbling around the hotel today in a walking boot, boot and crutches. Coach says he's actually feeling better today than he did yesterday. So uh, nothing broken, but he doesn't look like he might play the rest of the road trip. And Slepeshev, as we said, is skating this morning at uh, Newark while the team took the day off in pregame skate to see how he feels. And if he feels well enough, he'll play. If not, Jujar Kara will draw into the lineup, and the coach does not like Kara's play one bit this season. He's been scratched. Uh, he only played six games. This is the 15th, so it'll be the ninth time he's been scratched. So he's on the team, but the coach doesn't want to play him, so, uh, obviously. So if Jujar uh, can't play, Kara uh, won't play, but uh, not a lot of trust in the coach again. Now, in terms of bright spots for the Oilers, I know Darnell Nurse has had a very good start to the season. In fact, you know, we talk about Oscar Kleffbaum and his problems. Darnell Nurse has reaped uh, some more ice time because of his play and Kleffbaum's, uh, Kleffbaum's lack of uh, you know, not doing anything out there. are the orders to 
having to, you know, look at the young players taking a step up and advancing, uh, you know, as opposed to, say, you know, at one point in time, would Peter Shirelli look at, I don't know, even signing somebody? I mean, Jerome McGinley is a right winger. He's a free agent. And I know that the Oilers have the contract problem too. They have 49 out of their 50 contracts filled up. But do the Oilers ever look at bringing in another player like that? Um, I would say slim, only because they would now be bringing him in five weeks after the season started, and he'd be behind the eight ball. So I don't know when that person, whether you're Jerome McGinley or somebody else who hasn't been playing, can step up and play. Um, Jerome hasn't even been skating with an NHL team, so I think that's a long shot. I mean, I think most general managers in the league look at the 20-game mark as, as, the, as the benchmark for for what they see in their team. So the orders have a few games left before Peter Shirelli looks at his team and says, okay, I've given these guys enough time. We've got to get something done. But, you know, what they get for what they have to give up, I don't know. I mean, uh, two, there was a, you know, they got traded Matt Duchesne, the Kyle Turris, and, you know, in the three three way deal last week, but you don't see established players getting traded so much. But I don't know what Peter Shirelli can get from a team now that's going to be infinitely better and what he has to give up. So, short of prospects and draft picks, he doesn't have anything on his own team really. That I don't know if any other teams be jumping to get. You know, that you know some untouchables and the rest of them are young players that he'd probably rather see develop on his own team rather than be traded for a more established player. But, you know, there comes a time as a general manager where you say, you know, these young players aren't doing that. they got to get something more established. But where that established player is, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know the, thing, the problem in the league is now it's so evenly balanced. Teams aren't crazy about trade. You know, they want to stick with their own guys. They're not interested in, in making a trade. You know, the the whole league's 500 or a couple of games over with a couple of exceptions like Tampa. And the LA Kings are running away with it in terms of points. And then the, you know, the orders, Buffalo, Florida, those sort of teams at the bottom. But it's not difficult to make a trade. And the fans sit at home and say, why can't they do something? Well, because there's salary caps and teams don't want to give up on their own players yet. So I don't know where the, where the line's going to be drawn, but I'd Peter Shirelli's not a dummy. I'm sure he's looking around. But whether there's an actual right winger out there he can get, and I'm not sure Jerome McGinley, even if I love Jerome McGinley, is the answer if he hasn't uh, even been to camp uh, and worked out with a team uh, either in September uh, or played with a team in October. Never mind the fact that the right wing answer could very well be in Bakersfield right now with the SC Pulley but that you know, he hasn't shown obviously enough to be brought up to the NHL. Not, not yet, and I think it's a bit of tough love for him. I think I think last year he figured he was going to be on the team, went around for you know half the season, got sent down to the Bakersfield, was good there but not great. This year they made up their mind fairly early, I think that that he was going to Bakersfield because they liked Yamamoto better. Now Yamamoto's back at junior, but I don't think there's any 
urgency to bring him up even if the team is struggling because he hasn't lit it up in the American League. If he would, if he was a leading scorer in the American League, if he had eight goals now and he had 15 points or something, well, for sure he'd be an Edmonton, but he hasn't. And I think they still feel that he's a work in progress. And in the, at the NHL level and in training camp, he didn't show that he was an NHL player. And they want to see if he's an American League player before he's an NHL player. So he's going to stay there. I don't think he'll stay there as long as Griffin Reinhardt did last year. He spent all year in the minors. But short of a lot of injuries, I don't see Pugliarvi here, you know, know, immediately. And, you know, of course, the minute I say that, he'll be on the next road trip later in November. They keep losing games. They'd be called up because they don't have any scoring. I don't think there's any urgency to bring him up, but he is on the radar, you know, down the road, along with Yamamoto on the right side. So, you know, I'm sure they look at that and say, okay, that, you know, that would fill a hole, if not today, down the road. But for now, um, Yamamoto's in junior, and really got him in the minors. If you can't make the Edmonton Oilers right now, the way they're stumbling, you're not ready. You know, you know, this is the prime opportunity for these young kids to make the Oilers because they're not playing good, but they're not good enough to play, obviously. And, Okay, Maddie, we'll we'll leave it at that for today. Okay. We'll, We'll talk to you we'll talk to you later on. That's our oil spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to our show on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Craig Ellingson. Talk to you soon.